Welcome to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shocker. This week, we are proud to feature a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program. The session is entitled Nurturing the Diverse Soul. Local authors and activists Naomi Ortiz and Michelle Tellez discuss how staying rooted in your culture helps women of color thrive and build resilience in activism, self-care, and motherhood. This is part one of a two-part series. Up first, moderator Dominique Caza introduces the authors. Hi, welcome, bienvenidos. Um, welcome to the 2019 Festival of Books. This panel, Nurturing the Diverse Soul. I will start with a couple of bios. So Dr. Michelle Tellez, a single mother to a 13-year-old daughter, is an interdisciplinary scholar trained in community studies, sociology, Chicana, Chicano studies and education, writes about identity, mothering, transnational community formation, cross-border labor organizing, gendered migration, autonomy, and resistance along the U.S.-Mexico border. Dr. Tellez has published in several book anthologies and in journals such as Gender and Society, Feminist Formations, Aslan, Chicana Latina Studies, and Violence Against Women. She has also written for Truth Out, The Feminist Wire, Latino Rebels, and Mujeres Talk. In her 20 years of community engagement and activism, she has been involved in multiple projects for change at the grassroots level, utilizing critical pedagogy, principles of sustainability, community-based arts, performance, and visual media. Dr. Tellez is a founding member of the Chicana Motherwork Collective and the Binational Artist in Residency Project. She is on the editorial review board for Chicana Latina Studies, the Journal of Mujeres Activas en Letras y Cambio Social, on the executive board of directors for the Southwest Folklife Alliance, and is the faculty fellow for the Guerrero Student Center. A graduate of UCLA, Teachers College, Columbia University, and Claremont Graduate University, Dr. Tellez was a dissertation fellow in the Department of Chicana Chicano Studies at the University of California, Santa Barbara, and a Chancellor's Postdoctoral Fellow in the Latina Latino Studies Program at the University of Illinois, uh, Urbana-Champaign. The recipient of various national fellowships, teaching, and research awards, she most recently was awarded the Tucson Public Voices Fellowship for 2017 through 2018, and you can find out more about her work at www.michelletheis.com. Naomi Ortiz um, is a writer, poet, visual artist, facilitator, and the author of Sustaining Spirit, Self-Care for Social Justice. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Um, She is grounded in social justice work through community anti-violence work, disability justice, and intersectional organizing within movements. Naomi is a nationally known writer, speaker, and trainer on self-care, disability justice, and living in multiple worlds. She conducts workshops exploring self-care tools and strategies for diverse communities. Naomi has written for the feminist Wire, Vida, Poems and Numbers, and contributed to the anthology Resistance and Hope, 
essays by disabled people. She is a disabled mestiza, Latina indigenous white, raised in Latinx culture, living in the US-Mexico borderlands. Naomi's book, Sustaining Spirit, shows us how to balance activism with self-care by guiding readers to sink into poetic metaphor and examine their relationship to self, community, and place. Find Naomi on her website, www.naomiortiz.com. So thank you. Welcome to our authors. Yes. Okay. Um, I just wanted to give out a shout out to my family here. My mom is in the back. Hola, saludos a mi mamá. My niece is sitting over there somewhere. Um, oh, back there. Um, my partner Marisol and my son Nathan back in the audience. Just wanted to say hello. Um, so I'll start with some questions. So um, Naomi, this is your first book. Right, and um, Michelle, this is your editorial debut right. with your book. Um, so, what led each of you on the journey to create your ofrenda, if you will? What, how were they born? I think mine was born really from burning out. I was doing social justice work, um, running a national organization for many years, and um, just could not sustain the level of of commitment required um, and what I internally wanted to do to, in order to serve the movement and serve the communities I was working with. Um, and so I started just having these random conversations with people about inclusion and how we could actually have inclusion because the other thing we were hitting up against a lot was just people so overwhelmed that trying to have any sort of flexibility to bring in access or things that, that took some creative thinking just were really tough for people to um, do. And so we were thinking, well, you know, folks had more opportunities to be more centered and grounded in themselves and, ha and to incorporate some self-care, then um, there may be that ability for that capacity and we also might have that capacity to not just be like so overrun and <laughs> crabby with each other um, so really it came out of that and it came out of the question of like how do people do this in real life I wanted to know <laughs> so I interviewed a bunch of people all over the country and uh, this book was born Thank you, thank you all. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you said it's an ofrenda because I do think that sometimes when we do work, we don't know where it's gonna land. It's just an offering, you know, and it's an, in an initial conversation um, and some ideas to put forward. It's never like the end all or the, the, the final say on any subject. Uh, and I think that I started writing about mothering once I became uh, a single mom. Uh, back in 2006, I became a mom and my first piece that I ever wrote was that fall. So my daughter was six months old and I think I think it was born because I, I had been involved in many um, conversations and struggles around social justice, but I hadn't considered the many layers of our experiences uh, in our families, right? So it was simply, a, you know, thinking about like our intersectionality around gender, race, class, but I hadn't thought about all those other layers of care work that we also perform and that are invisibilized. And being a professor, oftentimes uh, you're told to closet your motherhood and not be open about being a mother. And that's actually advice that young uh, graduate students are often given. 
and that's not just true in the academy. It's true, you know, in, in many uh, places outside of the academy, uh, in terms of how mothers are viewed and how we're seen as less productive when we're being reproductive. And so, uh, so that's where the initial ideas started coming. And then uh, fast forward to you know several things in between. But in 2014, I met a group of uh, scholars who were all re also very interested in, in these ideas around mothering. And um, from this first initial conversation, we formed what's now called the Chicana Motherwork Collective. And it just basically, we had a panel, conversations. And then it was like one day we started talking about, we should write an article together. OK, let's write an article and start developing this idea. And you know, we should do a podcast. Okay, let's do a podcast, and now we have a podcast. We should, um, you know, start thinking about inviting people into this conversation because the the truth is is that these stories are very invisible. And so we set a call for papers out in the fall of 2016, and you know we wanted. You know, we were hoping for at least 20 submissions so that we could, you know, see, go through the, the authors and then figure out who would, you know, land in the final um, draft. This was in September, and by December, we had close to 90 submissions. And so for us, that meant that there was a definite need for this kind of work and these kinds of stories, and we, we didn't realize it. And it was an honor to go through those stories, right? And so even in our introduction, we, you know, make sure that we honor those. And so, um, and then because we couldn't include all those stories, we decided, well, we should start publishing a blog. And so now we have a blog in which we invite people to come in and, and share their stories and, and share their testimonials and research around Chicana mothering. So, uh, so it's myself, Christine Vega, Yvette Martinez Bu, Judith Perez, and Cecilia Caballeros, and we're all for form part of the Chicana Motherwork Collective. So Michelle, you kind of bring me into my next question. So um, you both use storytelling um, as the means to share your message. Naomi, through your use of interviews and in personal accounts, um, and Michelle, through the testimonials that make up the anthology. Um, what were your reasons for using this tool? For, for me, the methodology of testimonio is a, is a counter-narrative. It's a way to speak back. Oftentimes, especially in the academy, uh, people who are being written about aren't allowed to tell their own stories. They are written about, right? And so it's another form of colonizing and, and taking the spirit and the language away from the individuals. And so Testimonio is a political project as well, right? And it really emerges in, in Latin America uh, as a way to tell the stories of survivors uh, of violence um, and colonialism. And so for for us, it was it was a direct, you know, um, like to continue that tradition and bringing in the testimonios as a, as a method of, of sharing these stories of resistance, of healing, um, and of speaking back. I think for me, the stories were actually like the place that I didn't want to go with the book. <laughs> um, especially my personal stories that I ended up sharing. Um, the interviews are great. You know, I could be like a step away and, and share stories that other people had shared with me about how they went about things. Um, and I was like, great, I can build a whole book on other people's words and that's going to be awesome. You know, and I, I wrote a lot of another draft of a book that was much more stereotypical, kind of in self-help. Uh, and when I started shopping it around for feedback just with folks who would read my work, friends and, and people, <laughs> people were like, I mean, this is good, but I don't know if I would pick it up and read it. Like, it's just, it's not, 
it's not as engaging and I want to know like I mean your tips are great but again and I was like oh no I did exactly what I like was like I want to know how this happens in real life so I have to share real life and how to actually like do this in real life and so a lot of those stories ended up coming uh, from me and um, I went back to a few folks and asked them to expand on some things so for some of those interviews so I mean I think it's hard to share stories about where you are basically not being your best self right and having to like break that down and reassess and figure out how to like go about it differently um, and see if it works so uh, it's very vulnerable and yeah so I think that it was it was not my first choice but it <laughs> it's what ended up happening so I'm I'm happy with it now <laughs> you are listening to a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program entitled Nurturing the Diverse Soul on 30 Minutes 91.3 KXCI Tucson Moderator Dominique Calza and local authors and activists Naomi Ortiz and Michelle Tellez discuss how staying rooted in your culture helps women of color thrive and build resilience in activism, self-care, and motherhood. Both works speak to the realities of navigating multiple identities right, and, um, and living in multiple worlds. Um, what have been some of the major challenges as well as moments of joy you've experienced in activist academic spaces and how have these informed your work? Well, I think that's one of the things that uh, Chicana Mother works. So it's a concept that we're trying to use to bridge, you know, these uh, divides that we're often forced forced into, like the binaries, right? And so the idea that you know we're disembodied from our from our body, you know, from our experiences and from our everyday practice. And this this is a long tradition of women of color feminist writers, right, who have invited us in to think about the ways in which we can connect all of our experiences. And so uh, I think that specifically Chicana Mother work is this concept that we're hoping people can understand not only you know as a way for administrators to think about the many experiences and identities that parents hold but also as a way for people to build community with one another to see themselves in each other and to recognize that you know you're not alone because oftentimes it is a solitary experience you know we were just talking about Dominique and I you know how it is to navigate you know here I am right now I have my daughter's already 13 but still I'm still you know a single mom and now we have a puppy and I'm like you know and I'm here here at the festival, I forgot to get my name tag because you know I didn't think about it, and and you know and I'm juggling because you know it's it's a lot to to you know, um, oh yeah now I got to be an author and I'm going to talk about this book and I'm trying to sound a little bit smart. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know like we're go, we're playing with like cockroaches over there just like 20 minutes ago, and so so I say all that because you know we do juggle a lot of identities and we're and we're taught to believe that we're not supposed to really embody all of them at the same time, and so we hope that this you know not only visibilizes but it's a concept that people can grasp onto to say, you know, we, we're building community. And, and I know that for th those of us in the collective and those of us that have been, you know, been following this kind of work, that to see each other and to reflect on that experience together has allowed us to survive in ways that weren't um, imaginable be prior. I think for me, um, embracing multiple identities is really like life work. And I, and I say that because you know, there's always that tension there when we enter into a space where we want to be 
connected to other people. And when you have, so for me, for example, you know, going into a lot of my cultural community spaces, they're not accessible for me to enter into. So there's like that tension that I automatically am like dealing with, like of the desire of wanting to connect and not being able to connect and being angry and frustrated and like feeling invisible in that. And so being able to like bring that together and say, I am valuing all these pieces of myself and I'm choosing to bring them with me everywhere I go is like for me an act of like what I want to see in the world, an expectation of difference, that we expect people to be different than us. And so um, that to me is really connected to justice in the world, is, uh, is incorporating all of these these differences together and accepting them within ourselves and within each other, too. So the work of both the social justice activist and the mother scholar, right, might, might, must be at times taxing, I'm assuming, I'm sure, <laughs> right? Um, on your mind, body, spirit, right, community, family. Um, what, what do you do to nourish yourself? Like, and, and how do you replenish your energy? I should have a good answer for this, right? <laughs> I think it's like always every day, I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> for me, um, I mean, I live here, and so for me, getting out to the desert is always just actually that reflection that we were just talking about, about seeing all the tensions of difference somehow come together and live for hundreds of years. Um, it always is humbling and helps me put things, whatever I'm, I'm dealing with, <laughs> whether it's my work or relationships or whatever, in perspective. Um, and so I think that that's a really key piece of nourishment to me, is to connect to where I live and appreciate the sky, appreciate this gentle wind that's coming through our, our tent right now. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. I agree with that. Uh, and I mean, it's hard. Um, we live in a society that is white supremacist, heteropatriarchal, and you know, I, we a lot of the ways in which we embody the world are go against that grain. And so, it's sort of hard to just be in the world sometimes, you know, from living in that that body. So what I um, I try to do is uh, just not be angry all the time, and try to um, remember that and remind myself because you know we carry that anger and that and that like weight, like you were talking about, but weight is then becomes individualized, right? And so by building community, by having relationships with people who are like-minded, that creates spaces for me to heal and to just find joy, right? Thinking about like the projects of radical hope and radical joy, how do we how do we embody those in different ways? Um, and then I specifically do the things that you describe, and then I've also tried to think about like cultural work and cultural flows as ways of healing and building community through music, ceremony and so um, and 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 really you know of maintaining those relationships of, of the home too and that can be broadly understood right because uh, you, we don't all live you know these kinds of home lives that that we imagine or are are typical right and so so for me those kinds of relationships you know I, I do thrive through the energies of others and that collectivity and conviviality so for me that that really helps me sustain Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to give each of you a little bit of time to um, to read from your work. Um, and then if you want, maybe just share a little bit about what it is you read or why, why you chose that to share with us today. 
Well, I thought that I would uh, read parts of the introduction and then maybe a couple of the chapters, so because this work is obviously unique because it is an anthology, um, and and then that maybe that will help with a little bit of the genealogy, and then it will make you want to read more of it. Um, and so. This edited collection of research, testimonios, and essays about Chicana and other women of color mothering was born out of a collective dream, imagined together through tears, laughter, meals, and many, many conversations. Organized in four parts, the first, separation, migration, state violence, and detention. The second, Chicana, Latina, women of color, mother activists. The third, intergenerational mothering and the fourth, loss, reproductive justice, and holistic pregnancy. This book showcases research and testimonios by Chicana and other women of color mother scholars and activists who center mothering as an act of transformative labor within academic and community spaces through an intersectional lens. And then I wanted to read a piece where we, um, I talk a little bit about what we mean by Chicana mother work. So Chicana mother work is a concept and project informed by our shared, gendered, classed, and racialized experiences as first-generation Chicana scholars from working class, immigrant, migrant, Mexican families. Through Chicana mother work, we provide a framework for collective resistance that makes our various forms of feminized labor visible and promotes collective action, holistic healing, and social justice for mother scholars and activists of color, our children, and our communities. Furthermore, rather than understanding Chicana identity as a singular monolith, we view it as ever-evolving. Here we use the term Chicana conceptually to integrate our varying identitarian positionalities as cisgender mother scholars who identify as Chicana, Chicana indígena, Chicana ex, Latina, and Afro-Chicana. And then um, finally, I wanted to... Uh, do one more piece. Um, and so we offer a definition of Chicana mother work as we attempt to witness and understand each other's testimonios as Chicanas in our struggle for change through everyday acts or tactics of collective resistance against institutional violence. We are establishing an ethos of collective resistance. You know, and then in the intro, we talk a lot about how um, our, our identities find ourselves at the crux of you know these multiple experiences, right? So if we think about how uh, Chicanos and Chicanos Latinx communities are tracked in the school system, so um, out of 100 Chicano kindergarten students, you know, 48 graduate from high school, of that 48, in the 20s they graduate from the university, and of that 28, two get a master's degree, and then like a PhD, it's like represents like 0.2 of a person, not even a full person. So we talked about, we talk about how that identity and also how for uh, mothers who are academic, you know, not getting tenure, not getting tenure track jobs because it is a heteropatriarchal culture where the woman is expected to do the domestic labor and then the man is successful in the academy. And actually, I think that the numbers show that 35% of, of men who are fathers actually do very well in the academy because they're supported in different ways than mothers are, right? Um, and so we talk about that context as, as being at the crux of our identities. And so that's the framework. And then those four different areas, we highlighted them because we were thinking about the ways in which our communities 
um, are, are hyper-visualized, are policed, and we wanted to talk about and especially think about the ways in which our families are separated because of imposed colonial borders. Uh, but also we wanted to think about ways in which people are responding so that we are active agents in, the, in, in our conditions, right? So activist mothering, and also to think about intergenerational healing. What does that look like, right? And how we raise our families different, how we're doing things that um, are pushing against what is expected of us, right? And so, so those are the, the categories. And then do I have time to read one of the first? You have time. Okay, so this is a piece by Catherine Maldonado. It's the first um, chapter, and it's called Gang-Affiliated Chicana Teen Mama Against Systemic Violence. For 23 years, my brown mestiza body has resided amid poverty, racism, and patriarchy. As a 15-year-old Chicana, I experienced intersectional forms of violence that pushed me to believe that I was a teenager incapable of creating life. Society and its institutions taught me that a brown woman's body is ignorant and only dwells in the head. I slowly learned, however, that the body is smart and reacts equally viscerally to events from the imagination as to real events. I position my body as an agent and a producer of knowledge because the contemplation of my body is essential in the development and evaluation of an epistemology of Chicana thought and culture. This orientation allows me to value my knowledge. Each violent act that I have experienced throughout my socialization as a gang affiliate, a mother, and an academic enables me to show how my body resists the form of violence I continuously live through. For this work, I focus on state violence and how my children and my pursuit of education inspire the bravery in me to resist that violence. So, yeah, so there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of beautiful uh, stories in here and, and testimonios that are also really rooted in, in the research. And so uh, I'll stop there. For sure. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to a session from the 2019 Tucson Festival of Books curated by Pima County Public Library's Nuestras Raices program entitled Nurturing the Diverse Soul. Local authors and activists Naomi Ortiz and Michelle Tejas discuss how staying rooted in your culture helps women of color thrive and build resilience in activism, self-care, and motherhood with moderator Dominique Calza. This has been part one of a two-part series. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page at kxci.org. You can also subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. There's also a 30 Minutes Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager.